0: Tonight, there's a new legal victory for Donald Trump in Michigan, the state Supreme Court there rejecting a bid to remove him from the primary ballot under the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban. CNN's chief legal affairs correspondent Paula Reed joins me now. Paula, obviously the question here is the difference in between what is happening here in Michigan today, what happened in Colorado last week. Break down the decision that the Supreme Court in Michigan made here tonight. So the big question here is whether former President Trump can be removed from
1: the ballot in Michigan because the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution bars any officials who engage in an insurrection from holding office in the future. This is a question we have seen litigated across several different states with differing outcomes. Now, here in Michigan, the High Court rejected this this issue. They didn't get into the larger constitutional questions. They declined to remove him from the primary ballot, joining other states, including Minnesota, Arizona, and New Hampshire in rejecting these attempts to remove Trump. But this is a contrast to what we saw last week in Colorado, where that state's Supreme Court did opt to remove Trump from the ballot, and that was a big surprise because lower courts in that state had concluded that while he engaged in an insurrection, that this section of the 14th Amendment does not specifically say that it applies to presidents, and therefore they were not going to remove him. Now, Trump is expected to appeal uh, that Colorado Supreme Court decision to the United States Supreme Court. And, Kaylin, if they opt to weigh in, they could offer really the final word on exactly how far the 14th Amendment goes here.
0: Yeah, I mean, all eyes are turning to the Supreme Court to decide what all of these states could have to do. And, Paula, you know, as you've been monitoring the Trump legal beat here, uh, also today we got this filing from the special counsel, Jack Smith. This is when it comes to that election subversion case that is happening in in Washington, expected to happen in in March, but to be determined at this moment. He seems to be laying out some pretty crucial parameters for what they want to see in this 2020 election trial, in this case, what this is going to look like. What exactly is Jack Smith asking for in here?
1: What's remarkable here is this case is on pause. It is on hold, but here the special counsel still uh, sending in filings, uh, requests to the court so that if they prevail in those appeals that they can still hopefully get to trial uh, sometime this spring. And here they're asking the court to limit uh, the defenses that former President Trump can use especially his argument that he is the quote, victim of political persecution. Here, the special counsel asked the court to not allow him to turn the courtroom into a forum in which he propagates irrelevant disinformation and that the court should reject his attempt to inject politics into this proceeding. So in reading this filing, they're arguing that they don't want uh, the former president to be able to distract the jury with political arguments. They don't want them to be distracted from the facts of this case.
0: Yeah, it's remarkable that they're still making those filings, even as everything is on hold. Paula, stay with us, because I have more questions for you, but I also want to bring our other legal experts into the conversation. Norm Eisen, let me start with you on what happened here in Michigan today, this ruling that we saw, because obviously there's a key difference between what happened in Michigan and the Colorado Supreme Court's decision. Is In Colorado, we saw an actual trial happen. We saw the facts put on display, Trump attorneys arguing in court, pushing back on it, and Trump's role in 2020. In Michigan, they tried to have a trial as well, but they were turned down by the courts. What do you make of this decision by the high court in Michigan today?
2: Uh, Well, Caitlin, uh, uh, part of the unique characteristic of governance in America is that every state has slightly different laws on how they handle Uh, ballot qualification, both in the primary election and in the general. Colorado allows a determination under its state law of whether uh, an individual is eligible or not. Michigan decided for the primary that it did not have the leeway to block Trump, whether or not he's constitutionally disqualified under the 14th Amendment, prohibiting insurrectionists from serving on the ballot. The question is still open in Michigan as to the general election, and with Trump having been barred in Colorado, I think, uh, as you noted, we're going to see the Supreme Court weigh in and give everybody some guidance likely. A Trump appeal in Colorado is almost certainly coming, and that will guide us all.
0: Yeah, I mean, they basically said it's coming. But, Shan does this Michigan decision, if the Supreme Court does take this up, if they do, if the Trump team does appeal what happened in Colorado, how does what happened in Michigan today factor into the, the Supreme Court and the way that they look at this?
3: Well, I think Trump's team will need to broaden uh, what the Michigan issue is because on its face it's not really in co- in contrast to Colorado because Colorado reached the merits of it. The um, Supreme Court will look at these merits, these constitutional questions, whether uh, the president can be disqualified with this kind of process, was he an insurrectionist, is he an officer of the United States. Michigan's taking this very narrow view, I think kind of silly, that says, you know, we can't decide this because it's only a party primary. I mean, if you put up a 12-year-old kid for the primary, where they say, oh, no, you know, hands off, we have to wait until the general election. So in that way, it's quite distinct. Like Norm was saying, all the states have different laws, and these are very subject to the individual state laws. And it's an interesting challenge for the Supreme Court. Do they want to try and unify on these sorts of very specific state questions or not? And they shouldn't. I mean, the states have control over their election laws and, you know, let a (coughs) hundred flowers bloom.
1: (laughs) Paula, what do you make of that? I think it's a great point. I mean, look, as as a constitutional nerd, I would love to see the Supreme Court take up this particular issue. And I think a lot of people would say, yes, the Supreme Court should take up this larger question of exactly how far does the 14th Amendment go? Because we right now, we have challenges pending in Oregon and Maine. And to get clarity, to get that final word on exactly what the 14th Amendment means, that would be enormously helpful going forward for all the parties involved. And today, former President Trump actually moved to try to get the Secretary of State in Maine recused from the Maine challenge. Now, one of the things that's just so interesting about Maine and the way they do this particular kind of ballot challenge is that the Secretary of State is actually the first stop for questions on ballot eligibility which is why Trump is pushing to get her recused uh, in this process. Now, once a decision is made by the Secretary of State, that can then be appealed into the court process, but I think that's part of why we're seeing sort of this last minute effort to get her recused, sort of trying to make this argument in the court of public opinion that maybe there's some political influence here because they're specifically citing prior comments she had made about January 6th. But tonight, Caitlin, she is not responding and it's unlikely she's gonna recuse.
0: Yeah, and Norm, we're obviously waiting to see um, what that decision in Maine is. But on the special counsel's election subversion case, it is basically on hold, as Paula noted, until the federal appeals court does weigh in on whether or not Trump has presidential immunity from any prosecution. But Jack Smith's team here is clearly trying to keep things on track for that March potential trial. I mean, what's the likelihood of that based on, on we're waiting for this decision to come out?
2: Uh well, I don't think we're going to see the case go on its uh, March 5th uh, schedule, Caitlin. But the appeal is moving fast. And if you had to guess, we're only uh, uh, guessing at this point uh, probably a 60 to 90 day delay. Uh, the Jack Smith move, he said he was going to do it when he uh, uh, agreed to the stay. He's continuing to file his briefs and his motions, like this motion to limit prejudicial evidence today, because he wants everything to be queued back up. Donald Trump has a very tough argument on presidential immunity. No president has ever been held to be absolutely immune. When that argument is likely tossed out, Jack Smith wants to go back to the races. So we're looking at probably a late spring, early summer uh, uh, start for this
3: trial. Shan, do you agree with that? Uh, I do. I, I think it's a tough one. It's it's a very small window, but I think it's still theoretically possible for the trial to go. And Smith's team's very wise to be pushing forward with these types of motions so that when the decision comes down, they will be ready to roll. There's not more delay in having to follow these kinds of motions. And this type of limiting motion is really important in the Trump case because he wants to bring in all these irrelevant Non evidence based arguments about political persecution, and the judge should rule he can't do that. You can't just make up things an argument like you know, aliens actually did the murder when you haven't even presented a scintilla of evidence, you know, for that. So that's a smart move to try and control the trial.
0: We'll see if it works out in the end. Thanks to you all, Shan Wu, Norm Eisen, Paula Reed.